0: You are listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world on the latest and most interesting trends and information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Daniel Luna, an intern, and I am broadcasting from the Raoul Wallberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. Today, we are speaking to Professor of Computer Science at Umeå University, Virginia Dignan. We will be discussing AI and human rights. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Could you tell me a bit about your work and your research interests?
1: Sure. So I'm a professor uh, at the Computer Science Department with a specific uh, uh, research area in Artificial Intelligence. And if you want to be a bit more specific even, I'm particularly interested in the impact of artificial intelligence in society and humanity not from the perspective of the social sciences and humanities, which is a very important, but not my background, but I'm particularly interested in understanding the impact, the consequences, and the challenges of uh, uh, AI for humanity and society in order to uh, take that uh, that, um, into the design and the development of AI systems that can better uh, handle those challenges and that uh, minimize the... The negatives of the impact
0: So we should go through some uh, terminologies first uh, mm-hmm. to get a baseline so yeah. how would you define artificial intelligence?
1: Wow that one we can stay here forever probably I think that one thing which is important to this to, to understand is that in a sense the current uh, the conceptualization of artificial intelligence, is quite diffuse and in some cases even quite contradictory in, its, in itself. I have been working in artificial intelligence for over 35 years now, but in the last, let's say, 10 years and definitely in the last five years, there has been a definite shift in the, an understanding of what artificial intelligence is, not so much as before as a scientific field of study, but much more as a technology or even more as a, an, uh, an intelligent entity that is one way or another is able to, uh, to make sense of the world and act on its own behalf. So there is this shift from uh, AI as a field of science to AI as an entity, as a technology. And there is at the same time a shift between AI as a A method to study and to understand what is intelligence and how can we build and approximate human intelligence by designing uh, machines that somehow replicate um, characteristics of intelligence. So there has been a shift from that idea to the idea that we can uh, use and make make use of large quantities of data existing or that is able to be collected in the world and use uh, mathematical techniques to identify patterns in in that data. Currently, most people will associate AI with this idea of uh, technologies, techniques uh, and approaches which are able to amalgamate a, a huge amount of data and use mathematical models to uh, make sense of that data. Of course, we have to realize that this, this, this view is one which uh, kind of limits very much the understanding of intelligence, in, in human intelligence or intelligence in general, is much more than just identifying patterns in, uh, in data or in situations. But at the same time, it's a very strong uh, technology in terms of the benefits and the the uses of this kind of technology. There are are many, many domains, from uh, the medical domain to the decision-making, to um, to climate action, to um, education, to whatever, uh, insurance, finance, and so on, in which, indeed, uh, a lot can be gained by having more Uh, uh, more insights and different insights into the patterns that emerge from data. Uh, At the same, uh, another final uh, view on AI, which is one which uh, exists uh, currently as well, and uh, it needs to be uh, also uh, mentioned, is this idea of AI as the magic entity, which is self-conscious, self-knowing, all-knowing, and in one way or another, uh, by putting all this data together, we will be able to generate this all-knowing, all, all uh, autonomous, uh, ent- conscious uh, entities that will be able to take over the world or all, all kinds of dystopic ideas, which is a, a vision which we see very much in the in the in the media and in the popular uh, beliefs as well. What in, in all these views, so AI as a field of science, AI as a technology for uh, handling large quantities of data, or AI as this autonomous entity, what is very important to realize, and that's I think it's at the core of my work, is that the understanding that whatever the conceptualization of AI that we have, the AI system, the software, the computer system is never alone and doesn't exist in a vacuum. And when we talk about addressing the impact of AI, when we talk about developing AI aligned with ethical and societal principles, when we talk about responsibility in the design and the use of AI systems, we really need to address this much larger ecosystem, social technical ecosystem around the the software itself. Software itself is just... One little part of what uh, what, is the, what is the whole capability of the AI field as, as a whole. Actually, there are uh, increasingly voices uh, discussing and presenting the idea that the software itself, by, it, by its own, is definitely not intelligent. It's also not very artificial because, in itself, without this social ecosystem around it, it's not really um, able to do uh, much. And this, so it is the, the, the combination of the, the, the artificial, the software, and the, the society, the, the, the social, technical uh, stakeholders—it's uh, where the, the challenges come, and where there is much to gain to really go into um, uh, an ocean of uh, ben- beneficial notion of AI. And I realize that I have been speaking speaking a lot and didn't give you probably what you were expecting, a one sentence definition of AI. But Mm -hmm. that shows that the the, the field is indeed much more complex than the whatever one one sentence definition that you can uh, uh, imagine. And maybe the, the mo- if you if you do want a one sentence uh, definition, I think the one which is uh, still most interesting and most uh, used at least from me, the one I, I like the most is one which says that artificial artificial intelligence is whatever we are not yet able to get computers to do. The moment that computers are able to do something, it's very often and very quickly loses this magical and uh, intelligent appeal that uh, AI is about. Mm -hmm. So AI is what computers cannot do yet. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What are some distinctions between narrow and strong artificial intelligence? And what do those terms mean?
1: Um, They are, uh, in a sense, I think that we are a bit past that type of uh, uh, classification. Basically, narrow AI is uh, AI systems which are able to uh, handle a specific topic. So uh, an AI system that is able to classify uh, pictures of cats or an AI system that is able to uh, identify cancer cells in scan images or an AI system that is able to generate uh, text for a certain uh, uh, application. Those are all narrow, uh, narrow applications of AI. AI applied for a in, usually with one single type of technique and uh, to a, as one specific field of application. The broad, uh, broad uh, approaches to AI are approaches that uh, combine more than one technique and also more than one field of application. So uh, uh, broader AI would be in principle able to deal with. Uh, the, the differences and the, 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 the challenges of addressing uh, the complexity of uh, daily life in all its challenges. So it would be able to, without problems, switch from identifying catching pictures to writing texts, to uh, uh, deal with the, the identifying cancers in... in uh, 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 scan cells, uh, determine uh, uh, attribution of credit credit to uh, credit applicants and things like that and be able to do all these things at the same time. But I I say that it's a bit past because uh, we are it it is not a kind of a a distinction that really uh, helps much bringing the field forward at least not a distinction as long as we are looking at the shields of applications. I think that the most interesting uh, distinction or the most interesting contribution is understanding that in order to really uh, reach, um, go beyond narrow AI, we need not only to look at the different fields of application, but mostly we need to really identify how can we bring together many different techniques, many different theories, many different approaches intelligence and the, the, the modeling of the intelligence systems it's not so much about applications but about the techniques
0: mm-hmm. um, it seems that almost everything we do be it for work or socially goes through is seen by or otherwise interacts with ai could you outline the extent to which ai dominates our lives today compared to what it was in the past
1: of course, uh, compared with the past, it's doing much more than what it did. Uh, two, twenty years ago, we had we had hardly any uh, any system that did anything with AI. Uh, AI is indeed much more ubiquitous or much more hidden than what we realize. Um, AI is part of uh, uh, of course, any in, in internet search that you do when you search for the things in, um, in um, on the internet, it will use in one way or another uh, AI techniques. AI is also behind the, the systems that identify or give you suggestions what uh, what film to watch tonight in uh, Netflix or when you finish watching a film or uh, reading a book, giving you recommendations for uh, uh, things which you might be liking because other ones uh, who are similar to you also seem seem to have liked those things. AI is behind the uh, the decision. The, the automatic decisions of w- which advertisements you see as you uh, scroll through a newspaper online or uh, through your uh, news feed in a social media uh, platform. Uh, AI is behind uh, most of the uh, financial transactions in uh, in the currency uh, and uh, uh, stock market transactions. AI is behind uh, the. the the techniques that determine how to, the, to the divide broadband, broadband between the, all the different users, how to uh, access the, the, the radar towers that uh, provide access to your telephone, to uh, to the telephone network. AI is behind, uh, I don't know. I can go on forever. There, there are many hidden uh, applications of AI. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, there have been examples where recruiting tools uh, using AI have gone wrong due to uh gender biases. Google's algorithm has a location detected uh, different objects uh, that depending on the race of the object's holder. So for example, a black man holding a power tool is uh, seen as a, as a burglar, while a, a white man holding a power tool uh, was, a, was detected by Google as uh, a yeah. worker on um, how does this happen how does ai reproduce cultural biases and what do people who build ai uh, yeah. what can we do to uh, prevent these biases from coming to light? well
1: so the first thing we have to realize is that we are biased we people are extremely biased and it's not necessarily uh, always negative we need to be biased in order to make sense and to be able to operate in an extremely complex world. We have to at every moment take a decision of how, where are we focus our attention, how we are uh, interpreting what we see, what we have seen in the past in order to determine is this a potentially dangerous situation is not a dangerous situation. And we create psychologically and mentally all kinds of bias which enable us to uh, to function in a complex environment like the environments in which we live. So the bias in in itself is not necessarily a negative thing. What is negative is starting using that bias to create prejudicial uh, situations for some some other people or for ourselves. So the the prejudice that is a a result of this bias, that's where we really have to take the the problem. we have to what we have to consider. Bias in itself is therefore inherent in data that it's collected about and people and by people. It's not only in the, the data that we collect, which has bias because we have made these bias decisions that every time that I go out of the house, I uh, turn left instead of right uh, or whatever. I uh, first look at the, the things in the pile, uh, the top of the pile instead of going to the bottom of the pile. All these type of uh, practices create the bias in decisions that we take and therefore are included in the data that is collected by us. At the same time, there is bias in the way that, and the decisions that are making about which data that we do we have to collect. And uh, often we don't really collect uh, data about the, the color of the shirts of uh, someone which comes to apply for a, for a, a loan. Or there, there is there are all these decisions about what is relevant data to collect, what is not relevant to collect. So we again there there is a bias. And the necessary bias because we cannot collect everything. We also have to realize that whatever data we collect, when whatever situation, data is always about the past. We don't have data about the future. What starts happening is that uh, as we collect more and more data uh, that is available, as as we use this data to uh, support decision making uh, uh, and uh, to support classification and identification of uh, situations by algorithms, the algorithm is going to expect that the the future is similar to the past because we never really saw nothing in it. And that's basically the the regression, the mathematical models that are used at the basis of all these techniques uh, do is to continue the line of what we have seen in the past into the future. And by that, two things can happen. One is that we go completely wrong because the future, for whatever reason, is different from the past. And then the predictions that the systems did are completely off mark. And that is very much the case. Sometimes we train a system with only uh, information about uh, yellow cats. And then later on, we uh, appears a, a, a black cat, and the system will be have, have difficulty in understanding what uh, what is the relation of the black cat with the white, the, the yellow cat. Uh, not not so much because the system is proposed with Willed to be biased against the the yellow cat or whatever, but because uh, it just doesn't know enough, didn't have enough training data about all the different types of cats that can be seen. So uh, that is one of the most uh, typical. Conditions are the, the typical situations in which we complain about the bias developed by systems. We we did train, we didn't give the, give the system enough information about uh, you, uh, the potential variety of situations that the system is going to be encountered when it is uh, used in practice. So that's one of the things so we we will expect that the future is the same as the past and therefore it can go completely wrong when the future is different from the past but another thing which is as as important or maybe even important is as we are increasingly using this type of systems this type of automated decision making to make the decisions about the future we are also changing the future into what we expect from the past so we are kind of forcing the the potentials of the future from those which were uh, uh, existing in the past, because that's the data that is there about. So um, summarizing uh, bias in uh, AI or the the negative consequences of bias in AI systems are for for one large part uh, dependent on the result of the fact that we people are biased definition or by by construction let's say ourselves another issue is that we don't include don't take enough um, variety in terms of uh, deciding which type of data needs to be collected and at the same time we are uh, increasingly uh, in a sense shaping the decisions of the system based on what has been done in the past Mm
0: Um, well, recently, uh, uh, automatic driving technologies and other AIs that uh, potentially could cause the uh, end of a uh, human's life have uh, been developed and are being developed. How uh, does one ensure that there is proper accountability for accidents that happen when an AI is taking decisions? How um, how does one decide who is to blame? Uh
1: Yeah. So one thing, there is not one AI or two AIs. AI is not a countable entity. It's uh, a field is a technique. So it's we also don't say one biology and two biologies and things like that. So it's good to uh, place AI where AI needs to be placed. AI is a technology that we use to support our capacity of decision-making, our capacity of influencing the, the world around us. AI in itself, it will, it's not uh, uh, even the systems, which are autonomous and can take autonomous decisions, uh, not necessarily, uh, cannot be accountable. It is a a technology, it is a technique, it is a tool. It is a tool that we developed for a certain purpose. And it is up to us to decide on this purpose. And at the same time, to take the responsibility for the use of these technologies is not the car that can be made accountable for whatever uh, accidents it might cause, not the cars uh, of the past, but also not the cars of the future. Cars are tools, are artifacts, are things that we build, and therefore the moment that we, uh, th- those things are put into operation in, in the environment, the, the decisions and accountability are with not only those ones who build the car, but also with those ones which create the infrastructures in which these cars are, um, are uh, uh, operating, the ones who create the legislation and the regulations around what this car can do or cannot do, and those ones which take the decision to use or not this type of, of car. So the, the accountability is complex. But it's distributed by all those and many more other types of stakeholders, but one thing which is not definitely one of the stakeholders in the, the accountability equation is the technology itself, is the technique itself. We don't make the hammer accountable for what we do with the hammer. We don't make the, the bicycle accountable for what we do with the bicycle. We don't even make children accountable for whatever actions they make. So we really need to take into account uh, our own responsibility, our own accountability as developers, as regulators, as policymakers, as uh, structure and uh, society, uh, as users of these systems. So the, the accountability lays all over the place. But not in the technique, not in the in the software itself. Software is the tool that we are doing, that we are using. Uh,
0: do, you th- do you think it could be a problem uh, in the future where accountability becomes so diffuse that it is difficult to uh, properly compensate uh, people who are affected by malfunctions or um, decisions uh, which lead to negative consequences?
1: Oh, well, we have already many cases in which accountability is
0: diffused. Uh, any complex system, any uh,
1: complex piece of technology is created out of many different components. All of those components are developed by different people in different ways, with different techniques, with different uh, uh, regulations and all kinds of things. And we do have regulatory and the policy and the, the structural ways to identify where the accountability lies. It is complex and it will be increasingly complex, but still it's not not impossible. at the end of the day, uh, we can always take what we have taken so far in the past, uh, a very uh, top-down decision that uh, the moment that we are not able anymore to split between the different uh, components of accountability, we make one type of factor uh, accountable. Often is the owner of the, the, the piece of the technology at that time, but can be many other types of uh, stakeholders. So it's uh, it's a it's more a question of uh, policy, it's a question of uh, regu- regulation than a question of technique.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, currently, there are very few AI researchers as a proportion of the entire world's population, but they are developing technologies which have wide uh, which have a, which have a wide scope. How uh, do you think it would be uh, better for us to negotiate a type of uh, improved relationship with a, with AI researchers? Um, do you think it would be possible for for to make um, the, the AI field uh, a bit clearer to people who have a stake in it but who are not developing technology? <laughs>
1: I think there are two parts to this question one is that definitely at this moment those who are involved in the development of the technology are a very specific subset of the world population there is not definitely not enough uh, diversity in the group of people that are at this moment uh, developing the technology and we do need to make a uh, uh, conscious effort and also to put the incentives and the, the, the effort uh, from a uh, uh, national and international perspective to really uh, ensure that uh, more uh, demographics are involved in the development of AI systems. But at the, at the same time, we also have to realize that AI is not just the technology, it's not just about the developing of the software algorithms. AI, like I said at the beginning, is about a, a social technical complex of many different actors and uh, participants. And therefore we need to uh, move forward in the, uh, and we have to be not only inclusive and uh, diverse in terms of demographics of those that develop the AI systems, but also in terms of disciplines. We really need to make the the teams that are developing and the the researching AI to be consistent of more than just engineers, Uh, social scientists, uh, people from humanity, philosophers, uh, uh, psychologists. There are a a role, an important role to be played by many different disciplines. And that needs to be really taken, uh, taken seriously from the beginning of the, the research and the development. It is uh, I, the responsibility or the tech, the ethics, or the, the checklists in terms of whether the AI system is uh, aligned with the set of ethical principles, is not something to be done at the end of the development process as a checklist says, we done this or that. But it's really needed and imperative that we do that from the inception of the whole idea. So we need to be much more inclusive there. Uh, Having said that, uh, the the part of your question is uh, if there are too few or too little uh, AI um, uh, researchers and developers, uh, it is not that everybody in the world needs to become an AI developer. I think that everybody in the world needs to have a better uh, understanding of what are the, what is AI or what is the, the consequences of this use of autonomous uh, decision making and uh, um, this type of systems in the world and what, what is the effect of using this type of techniques. But it doesn't mean that all of us need to become AI uh, developers. Uh, if you take the parallel with other types of technologies, uh, we uh, most of us have a driver license and know how to drive a car and many very few of us are uh, car mechanics and even those ones who don't know how to drive a car they need at least and have been uh, trained into uh, participating in a traffic situation so we also need to understand the level of commitment and involvement that is needed for different types of people not everybody needs to be the car mechanic we all need to have the, the basic information about how traffic works, and that is some, some work, some effort that we need to do in AI more and more. And there is also, of course, the issue that those that use and develop the AI systems do need to have something as a, a driver's license. We don't let people in the, in the cars without a driver's license because we think that it's um, a complex type of equipment. Which requires some knowledge about how to deal with it and also how to uh, handle situations in which things might be, be unexpected uh, and how to follow, the, to, to ensure that the, using the car leads to a positive outcome. So this is exactly the same uh, considerations need to be taken into account into uh, those that are developing and using AI systems. We need to invest much more in what uh, could be comparable to a driver's license.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So when humans um, adjudicate social situations, often, as in the law, for example, they place great importance on precedence. Uh, the importance of precedence dates back to many centuries in, in antiquity. Plato talks about it in the Statesman. one. Um, do you think it is important for AIs that work within the social sphere to be able to tackle problems not as, let's say, mathematical problems with a solution, but more as social problems with solutions that can be arrived through uh, precedence instead of through reasoning through those problems is that even possible and should that should that be done Uh,
1: first at the end of today ai technology is software software is based on mathematical uh, uh, functions Uh, all these systems uh, one way or another boil down to one complex mathematical function we don't solve all the problems of the world with mathematical functions and there is a role for mathematical functions in the world, but there is also a role for other types of disciplines and other types of approaches and other ways to, to deal with, uh, with other ways to, to other, um, other approaches to, to problem solving or to, uh, to decision making and so on. I don't think that we, uh, or let's say at this moment we are very, very, very far in AI to be able to replicate any other type of reasoning than that reasoning that can be done with a mathematical function. So all these precedents, all this common sense, all this meaning, the understanding of meaning of what we are doing is things which are quite complex and quite difficult and we are quite far in the AI field to be able to have um, a solution or an answer to this type of issues. What we can do is to understand and accept that AI as a tool can solve some of our problems, can support us solving some problems, but it's definitely not the universal solution to all our problems. And the best what we can do and the best combination that can be done is to integrate the, the, the benefits of the AI systems with the capacities of people and of groups of people. So uh, we need to see AI AI much more as a complement and an enhancement of that that we can do ourselves than uh, that of a replacement of uh, people uh, and decision, human decision-making, completely replacing that by AI systems. The the best we can do and the the, the better for all of us is exactly to use AI as an enhancement and a complement to what we are doing and taking and uh, fostering also those capabilities that we humans have that can uh, benefit and can complement the, the things that AI can do for us. It's not AI replacing us, it's us using AI to become, to, to, uh, to do, make better uh, decisions and better, uh, better arrangements for the world.
0: Um, well, currently, uh, improvements in machine vision through the implementation of, of AI systems um, have uh, has helped states to ha- have a better overview, a more synoptical overview of what ha- of what happens within uh, their borders. Do you think um, emerging AI technologies? Um, Sorry, I, I
1: missed the, the beginning of your question. Uh, can you? Oh
0: repeat? yeah, yeah, I can repeat it. So what I was what I was saying is that developments in machine vision in AI combined with drone technology, surveillance cameras, and other technological advances have helped states have a better overview of what happens within their borders. Do you think um, developments in AI are changing the way in which states view their own borders and own people?
1: Uh, Maybe, Uh, for the good and for the worst, probably. Uh, I don't know if, uh, of course, machine vision is as improved and is one of the, the fields in which which has improved uh, very very much in the last uh, decade. But still, uh, there is there are limits to what machine vision can do and what machine vision cannot do. So I don't think that this uh, link between uh, what governments can do and how they can use AI needs to be uh, only uh, related to. Um, to to vision, to machine vision, but I, what I do think is that the technology, AI, like any other technology, has changed the ways that, uh, that states, that people, that organizations work. Since the moment that we, for the first time, invented the wheel uh, many millions of years ago, uh, technology has been serving as a, a tool to, to change the way that uh, Nations, governments, uh, people, organizations work. So I don't think that AI is any different than that. Of course, uh, uh, nations will be using AI uh, and taking uh, opportunities of what, uh, what AI provides, like I say, for the good and for the worse. And what we do need to work on at the global scale is really providing the guidelines on how to use AI, in a positive and
0: uh, constructive way in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You have stated that AI, in a sense, affects the world based on those predictions. And with the increasing growth of of predictive algorithms, uh, which can analyze people, such as via um, Facebook or other private companies, uh, with that that growing uh, over time, do you think those predictive algorithms Could pose some threats, or maybe could just infringe on on some liberties or rights uh, people have.
1: Yeah, of course they can. But uh, again, this uh, AI is not a kind of uh, uh, completely new thing that we never really knew how to uh, came came out of uh, fall on us out of the sky, and we have no idea how to deal with it. AI is and needs to be understood as a further step on it in in the technological development. Like any other technology, uh, people and organizations will be using this technology and trying to profit this technology to improve and to increase their own, uh, optimize their own participation and their own goals and their own profits. So uh, in a sense, like any other type of technology, AI, uh, there will be always people and organizations that will try to explore the the capabilities of this technology for their own gain. And in that, there is nothing different in the the process than what uh, they have done with other types of technologies. Uh, What is maybe the the difference is the scale at which uh, this type of uh, uh, profiting from AI and uh, misusing and... uh, uh, wrongly using AI uh, can be done at a, uh, the impact as a much larger scale than what we have maybe seen in the past. But again, what the, the process in itself is not really very different from what we have done before. There has always been people who want to misuse and to profit uh, negatively from, uh, from uh, development. What we do, again, what we do need to uh, focus our efforts on is on developing those guidelines, those incentives, and uh, the understanding of uh, the positive positive, uh, impact of AI. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Could you give an overview of uh, current and emergent uh, areas and trends in the field of AI research?
1: Uh, I think that the most important thing which we'll be seeing in the coming years is what we are being calling hybrid AI. And hybrid AI is hybrid in many different ways. Is hybrid in terms of combining uh, model-driven with data-driven technologies, which has been for a large, part, a large time, kind of the two main directions within AI. Uh, in the in the the jargon of the field the symbolic and sub-symbolic type of activities we will need increasingly more to combine the the strengths of data-driven ai which we have been profiting from uh, in the last decade with the capabilities of model-driven ai in terms of transparency in terms of uh, explainability and also in terms of uh, the capability to uh, to deal with the meaning of what the system is doing, which is something which uh, lacks very much in the uh, for a large part in a data driven approach. So that's one of the hybrid uh, combinations. The other hybrid, uh, the other way to, to look at the hybrid issue is the combination of human intelligence and uh, artificial intelligence. So like I was saying, uh, how to use AI systems in a way that they complement and extend our own human capabilities and put together the the best capabilities of us humans to deal with problems, to deal with unexpected, to uh, uh, address things in a very um, creative and uh, out of the box way with the capabilities of AI to really deal with and analyzing and uh, predicting or uh, generating predictions in all kinds of situations based on the... um, on the information that it's given. So we the, the hybrid in terms of technologies and also hybrid in terms of combining uh, human and machine intelligence uh, uh, for the benefit of the, the, in a way is that the, the combination is better than the sum of the, the, two, the two parts.
0: Uh, how close are we to developing uh, AI with a human level intelligence or is that even possible?
1: uh depends my my uh, calculator is much better than me at calculating square roots we are we are already there uh we all, we all would agree that uh, cap- mathematical capabilities are associated with intelligence uh, my calculator is uh, much more intelligent in uh, in uh, doing arithmetical uh, uh, functions than i am so it d- depends a lot of what we call machine level uh, uh Oh, sorry, human-level uh, uh, operation. Uh, at like I did this example that I give. It's uh, maybe a joke, but it's true. Uh, at some specific uh, uh, fields, uh, machines are already b- doing better than humans. If you mean to create a machine that uh, operates and uh, reasons and. Uh, uh, acts exactly as a person. I don't think that that's the, the aim that we should have for the development of AI.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so to further refine the question, um, so you think um, sapient uh, machines are not the way to go with current AI research? Uh,
1: I, 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 like I said, AI as a technology needs to be seen as a way to improve our own capabilities, to enhance what we can do, to complement what we can do. Uh, I don't think that creating uh, sentient machines or uh, conscious machines or whatever people talk about in itself is of any benefit for no one, probably also not even for the machines. If uh, I may quote Joanna Bryson on that, we don't have the moral right to build to machines which we would have an obligation to uh, k- to provide moral rights to. So I don't think that that's part of our uh, it, it's not ethical to develop to, to attempt to develop machines that would be uh, need, needing to have their own moral uh, moral rights. So I, I don't think that that's the point. and I also don't think, and i I, I, st- I struggle a lot to understand why this fixation of many people and many researchers, that by creating uh, increasingly intelligent machines in terms of operational and uh, uh, substantive uh, activities, all of a sudden these machines would become conscious. At the end of the day, like I said, uh, AI is based on mathematical functions. Why those mathematical functions would ever become conscious? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that there is a problem of discourse this idea that more intelligent machines will become necessarily conscious machines we have to separate those two things intelligence uh, more intelligence doesn't mean more consciousness
0: um, totally. so how, do you, how do you think um science communicators and people who uh talk with ai um would you could you suggest some improvements to the way they approach uh these topics because it seems to be that they may, they often focus on specifically creating conscious um artificial intelligences to the uh, detrimental focusing on other uh more specific um, artificial yeah. intelligence my uh,
1: recommendation number one for uh, science communicators is please don't use the terminator image <laughs> terminator belongs in hollywood and it will stay in hollywood for the next of its time it's also probably better for them to talk with the, the, the researchers in the field than to look at uh, science fiction science fiction is meant as the name says, as fiction it is uh, meant as a way to entertain and to uh, to create alternative uh, Worlds from that one of belief, like any other fiction. So it is not about, it's not research in AI is not being led by uh, science fiction and definitely not by images of uh, terminators and things like that. It is much in a sense for the communicators is, is a pity because they like this kind of sexy ideas of conscious machines and uh, uh, autonomous robots and terminators and stuff like that, the reality is much more boring than that, but if they really want to be communicating about reality, then it's,
0: uh, it is boring, I'm sorry,
1: no terminators around.
0: Hmm. Um, when uh, Deep Blue beat at chess um, many years ago um its creators um well i guess they uh, some hope for uh the the AI, the ai to be able to translate its prowess into checkers and its medical research uh do you think um so how far how far and obviously that could not happen uh, Deep Blue was not able to do that how far has um artificial artificial intelligence research come since then are are there ai um, systems that are obviously not at human level intelligence, but able to be uh, versatile in their function, or do we still have uh, systems which are, which have kind of like a more narrow um, focus? Yeah. Uh,
1: yes, so the, the, the whole uh, uh, aim of AI is indeed to understand and to uh, develop to these models of intelligence and of, uh, across many different uh, fields and many different types of applications so that has been kind of the, the driving force behind the ai uh, scientific field and the scientific research on ai what we see in the reality is that if anything we have become more narrower in terms of the capabilities of the systems than uh, more wide the, the versatile systems which are able to uh, um, we are still very far from the robot which is able to uh, to write my scientific paper to, uh, clean up my house and uh, put my uh, my trash the trash outside and uh, tell a story to my kids those kind of uh, versatile and universal type of intelligence is something which is really very very far away but also i think that the 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 understanding and the the, the search has been Shifted from this idea that we can build these versatile machines that can do everything and anything, and been many more much more focused on solving concrete problems which can have a direct positive application.
0: I have uh, heard of uh, researchers uh, talking about implementing uh, genetic or evolutionary approaches to AI. Um, what do they mean by that? Is that a type of AI architecture or? an approach what, you an what
1: approach? which approaches
0: uh genetic or evolutionary approaches to developing ai's how would that um, I
1: mean? it's basically uh, a matter of the uh, uh, me- the meaning of those words in uh, in ai or in uh, in computer science genetic uh, genetic algorithms are uh, like neural networks, uh, very roughly based on whatever uh, uh, biologic uh, n- neuron does or uh, uh, bi- genetics in biology. It's just, um I say, a, a metaphor. A genetic algorithm is an algorithm which will... Uh, is, um, how can I explain it simply? So if you have an algorithm, it you will create different copies of the same, same algorithm with a little bit, uh, a slightly difference between all those copies, and then you uh, will uh, let those algorithms be applied in a specific situation, and you identify which of the different slightly versions of the of the algorithm performed best, and then you. Uh, uh, you build a feather on that uh, that uh, version that performed best. So it's it it is again a mathematical construct. It's a way to uh, to divide and to uh, to calculate uh, in the the operations of the system. But because of the way that it is built, it, it might have some similarities to what is done in uh, in uh, genetics. But it's uh, it is not about uh, building genetics. What m- might be another thing which you are trying to refer to is this uh, bio-based computations, which is moving away from the silicon-based uh, and plastic. So the software, the hardware that we use at this moment is based on a, on a trans- uh, digital transistors. Let's say. Uh, uh, Digital uh, t- tiny little lamps that get uh, zero and ones uh, on and off, and uh, uh, calculations are based on this silicon-based uh, hardware. Uh, there are some efforts, uh, very initial, of building machines which are not based on silicon, on uh, on plastics, let's say, but are basic on based on bi- biologic materials. Mm-hmm. But that is is a field which is very very
0: initial mm-hmm. well what are some um current areas of concern uh when it comes to the conjunction between artificial intelligence and its impact on social um on, on social systems uh which areas do you like do you think are more critical uh currently
1: um mm-hmm. I understand your question correctly i think the most efforts that have been are being made at this moment is in uh, one in terms of uh, regulation so the, creating the the regulations which will ensure uh, and limit and uh, guide the, the development of ai systems uh, and therefore uh, limit or uh, Uh, direct the consequences of those systems for society there are also quite a lot of efforts in terms of uh, developing uh, assessment lists developing guidelines and principles at many levels uh, at the global level by by many different organizations in order to provide the the guidance not only from a perspective of what can be done technically technically but also a more normative perspective in terms of what should be done for the benefit of society and those are things like the unesco guidelines the european union Trustworthy ai the ieee ethically aligned design and many many other types of efforts in terms of policy guidance
0: Uh, is work on ai that that follows normative rules is that a recent development or has that been going on for a long time in the uh, AI field? Um,
1: yes and no. So uh, if, you took, if you take the the the, the rule based or the, the model based types of approach to AI, those have been normative since the beginning. It's a kind of uh, identifying what are the rules of behavior and the rules of reasoning and replicating them in the in the systems that have been done. So more, much more top-down than the data-driven ones. So the, the, that field of AI has been since ever uh, quite normative. Even the data-driven field is quite normative in terms of the way that the models are able to uh, identify and to combine the, the, the patterns in the in data. So there is always a very large um, um, Normative influence in the way AI systems are being built. Uh, what is quite recent is this more uh, societal uh, norm- normative uh, efforts in terms of limiting and guiding the impact of AI in society. And that, that is in work which has been done currently in terms of ensuring. The, explainability fairness uh, inclusion transparency and so on which are more looking at the effects of ai systems in society and how can we uh, guide those effects into a positive um, into to ensure the positive uh, addressing of those effects Mm
0: -hmm. well um so those are all the questions i had um do you have any um um, do you would you like to say anything uh, regarding AI? Something that perhaps is more uh, personally relevant to you, or something that is uh, more related to your research?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think we already addressed many of the issues that uh, concern my research. I think that if anything to to end up with is to write right this. Uh, uh, need to understand that AI is a tool, is an artifact that we build, and it's up to us to decide how to build this, uh, how to to use and build this type of systems, and uh, the the main question here is uh, who are us that decide that, and that is a kind of a power a power structure the, the ones who have the power at this moment to, to decide what ai looks like are the ones who are shaping the impact of ai so we do need to have a much broader discussion and really creating the awareness at the global and national level that the, it, this is a discussion that is important for all of us, and that all of us need to contribute to this discussion. Because if we don't contribute to the discussion, we are uh, leaving it to, do, to give, leaving the power to those who can um, who are at this moment driving the, the development.
0: That was Professor of Computer Science Virginia Dignum on AI and Human Rights. This has been on Human Rights. For more information and the latest updates on Raoul Wallenberg Institute's work, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you for listening.